Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Welcome back to Revisionist Evil, the sort of sub-series to the show Zero Brightness where I compare original Resident Evil games to the remakes that they would eventually get. This is going to be the last one for now because I will be caught up with all the remakes that have come out. We've gotten four Resident Evil remakes now throughout the course of the series, three in recent years, and uh, yeah. What a time to be a fan of Resident Evil. Uh, personally, I've been really enjoying playing these remakes, experiencing these remakes, and getting the chance to contrast them with the original games. Now, I ended up doing these out of order because I started the series kind of late and I wanted to jump in and cover Resident Evil 4 in real time, which ended up being a really fun and satisfying experience. So I do think I made the right call there. And I also feel like Resident Evil 3, the topic of today's episode, was a good one to save for last because this is the one that I have the most mixed feelings about. This is the one that I have the most hot takes about. And because of that, it's the one that I've been putting off doing for the longest. Now, if you go back and listen to the episode we did covering the Resident Evil 3 remake, there's probably a couple things you can glean from it. Number one, I am a huge fan of the Resident Evil 3 remake. I think it's great, and I really, really appreciate the approach they took to remaking this game. The other thing is that I don't entirely understand the outpouring of fan love for the original Resident Evil 3 that we've seen in recent years. I have kind of a personal pet theory about this, which is that when something re-enters, like an old work, old media work re-enters the zeitgeist or the conversation, a lot of people like to slide in and talk about how it's their favorite or how amazing it is or blah, blah, blah. Even if that's not exactly true or that wasn't exactly true before this thing re-entered the zeitgeist. like. The original Resident Evil 3 was a game that nobody really talked about and nobody really held up as their favorite in the series until this remake came out and people wanted to be angry and then suddenly it was like, as, as a, a fan of the, the original Resident Evil 3, Evil 3 or like, as, as someone whose favorite Resident Evil is Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, Nemesis on the PS1. And I'm not saying these people don't exist. Of course they exist. If you're listening to this, hi, hello, how are you? I appreciate you. But I just feel like it's not actually that many people. To me, the original Resident Evil 3 was kind of a footnote. It's kind of a weird one. And I think that the amount of people who are coming out of the woodwork saying it's their favorite or saying it's the best of the original run kind of left me scratching my head. I just don't really feel like that's true. 
Now, this isn't something that I can actually prove, but I can at least explain my reasoning here. For starters, Resident Evil 3 was never like a tentpole for the series. If you're looking at that kind of original run or even verging into the second era of the series history, those tentpoles were always Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 4. These games sold the most, they were ported the most. Whenever anyone brings up the series, these are the games that generally come up in the conversation, especially before the series' more recent renaissance. Resident Evil 3 also just has the feel of a more minor work. It's a side story, it's set alongside Resident Evil 2, it only follows one character rather than the series at that time convention of following two. It's also a significantly shorter and more compact game than the game that came before it. And looking at its development, it does appear that it was originally intended to be a literal side story. Now, this gets into kind of a thorny conversation that's actually plagued a lot of video game series, and in particular, horror video game series, where like a video game's development is held up to show that a certain game wasn't supposed to be, quote unquote, a main entry in a series. This is something that comes up a lot with like Silent Hill 4, for example. Silent Hill 4 is a weird game. It does feel like a minor work in the series. It was developed alongside Silent Hill 3. It just doesn't feel like it was supposed to be Silent Hill 4. It feels like it was supposed to be Silent Hill The Room, and later on we were going to get the actual Silent Hill 4. A lot of other people feel the same way, and so they go back and they look at the development history and they go, oh, well it wasn't supposed to be the next main entry. That's why it is the way it is. You could apply these same things to like Link's Awakening or Dark Souls 2 or really any number of weird offbeat entries in Legendary series. And Resident Evil 3, the original, is absolutely one of these same games. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad game or that, yeah, all the conspiracy theorists are right and that it shouldn't have been a main entry in the series, but it does get at something inherently about this game, which is that it was originally meant to be kind of a side story made by a less experienced team, and it takes a lot of weird liberties with the formula. There are a lot of strange and different elements about Resident Evil 3 that make it feel distinctly different from the rest of the classic run or original run games of the Resident Evil series. This isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like if you look at all the other games I listed, I just listed some of my favorite entries in some of my favorite series. Like, Link's Awakening is my favorite Zelda game. Zelda's probably my favorite video game series. Dark Souls 2, that's like my favorite FromSoft game, and I'm obsessed with those. So like, you can see how a different perspective on a series and a bunch of fresh ideas can really infuse a game with something really, really special, but it can also end up making a game feel more like a weird mixed bag. That's exactly how I feel about Silent Hill 4. You can go listen to that episode if you want to, but the cliff notes is that Silent Hill 4 has some of the coolest and most unique gameplay in the Silent Hill series, and it also has some of the worst. And a lot of the game just ends up being a really boring, unfun slog due to one of the game's big, bold new ideas, which is like cramming it full of combat and then making you backtrack through the entire game right at the end. like. 
those are weird ideas that don't exactly pan out. But all the first person stuff and the apartment that slowly degrades and the hauntings and things in that apartment, that's really fucking cool. Way ahead of its time, super forward thinking. We like that. The other stuff, we don't. We end up with a mixed bag. In my opinion, Resident Evil 3 is more on the mixed bag side of things. But we'll get there. Let's start here. What is Resident Evil 3? The follow-up to Resident Evil 2 introduced a bunch of bold new ideas. This game follows one character, Jill Valentine from the original Resident Evil, as she tries to make her escape from Raccoon City before it's nuked into oblivion. In order to tell this tale, a bunch of changes have been made to what was at that time established as the classic Resident Evil formula. This game takes place over a large number of settings and environments. You're no longer confined to one kind of puzzle box mansion style building. Instead, you're going to explore the entirety of Raccoon City. You're going to see a bunch of different places. You're going to experience a lot of different things. The game also leans into the action elements that were pumped up in Resident Evil 2. Here, they're even more pumped up. So there's more enemies, there's more weapons. There are more systems all built around the action, shooting, inventory management side of the game. Resident Evil 3 to me felt like the first game where you could tell that the series was going to be leaning more and more into action as it went along, and that's exactly what happened. Resident Evil 3 also leaned more into the cinematic storytelling side of the Resident Evil formula. This game has more cutscenes, more kind of interactive pseudo boss segments like I was talking about in the last episode, and even some weird things that are unique to this game like branching pathways that you can choose during cutscenes. You can actually make character choices that will change the outcome of the game. So, you know, the game does have a little bit more of this cinematic story-based feel to it. Now, let's talk about some things that are fantastic in Resident Evil 3. Because on a nuts and bolts level, Resident Evil 3 might have the best mechanics in the series original run. You know, I'm talking about the classic survival horror, tank control, wonky point and shoot era of Resident Evil. It doesn't really get any better than Resident Evil 3. In terms of the controls, yes, there's still tank controls, but this game features my beloved go-kart controls, so in my opinion, everything is perfect. This game also adds a bunch of new contextual controls, which is not always something I love in video games, but here it works perfectly. Jill has a bunch of defensive moves now. She has kind of a push or a shove she can use to get enemies out of her way. And she also has a fucking dodge, which means that Resident Evil 3 is a Souls-like, so that's fucking cool. Um, but no, for real, the dodge is actually very, very sick. And the ability to move around freely with the go-kart controls plus the defensive maneuvers make the combat and control in this game feel really, really good. Returning to this game, once again, I played the GameCube version just because it looks great and it's the easiest to emulate. I did not feel like I was playing a game from 1999, and specifically a survival horror game from 1999. Things are fast, fluid, and easy to use in this game. The weapons all feel great, and like, I really felt myself enjoying combat more than I have in any other classic Resident Evil game. So kudos to them on that. 
Another big thing they added is an ammo system that lets you collect gunpowder and mix them together to create different types of ammo. This is a really, really cool system and something that has now been featured in basically every modern Resident Evil game. And with good reason. I mean, this is just a really cool way to add another degree of player choice to inventory management. And it also lets the player kind of create their own loadout. Obviously, Resident Evil games are generally featuring like a protagonist that you can't really customize, but you can make choices about what weapons they use and which types of ammo you prioritize as you're going through the game. The Resident Evil 3 ammo system just adds another layer to that and makes the game feel even more customizable. So you leave the experience feeling like you made your own unique character that preferred certain types of weapons and ammunition. It's also a cool way to make replaying the game more diverse and more fun. You have more options for how to customize future playthroughs because of this one single mechanic. Once again, yeah, it's just really good and it's really obvious why this has now been featured in like every modern Resident Evil game. It's just a really good piece of game design. Resident Evil 3 does seem to be one of the most replayable Resident Evil games in the series. Like I said, you have more options to customize your character loadout, so you have more incentive to try different things as you play and replay the story. But you also have that story mechanic that I mentioned earlier, which is that you can make character choices while playing through the game. This gives you an obvious enticement to replay the game and try different choices at different points or just do the opposite of every choice you made on your first playthrough, etc, etc. There is a lot of possibility here, and it's a really cool and smart way to do that in a game without splitting it up into the two protagonists as they had in the prior two games. Like I mentioned last episode, I have kind of mixed feelings about the two protagonists thing in Resident Evil. Like, there's always one that's just more fun and there aren't enough meaningful intersections in the story or differences in the playthroughs to make it feel like it's like that integral part of the series. And so once again, it's not a surprise to see that they did pretty quickly drop this in the context of the series history. Now, when we talk about storytelling and the presentation of the story, we do get into the things in this game that I feel like are a little more of a mixed bag. As I mentioned earlier, Resident Evil 3 leans more into the cinematic, story-heavy side of the Resident Evil formula, and personally, I'm not a huge fan of it. This game has more cutscenes and more pre-rendered CG cutscenes than Resident Evil 2, or at least it feels like it. It might be like a per capita thing because the game is shorter, but it just feels like you spend more of this game's runtime watching cutscenes. and. The cutscenes in these games are just like not good. The CG has not aged well. The Mookie action movie style is charming if you're in the right mood and annoying if you're not. The dialogue as you'd expect is terrible and like the actual like nuts and bolts of the story just don't fucking matter. Like it's Resident Evil, especially in ye olden days. Like the story is not good. The dialogue is not good. So I spent these segments just like waiting to get back to the actual main game and they just kind of came off as an annoyance. I do kind of feel the same way about those story choice segments that they added 
into this game. Like, it's a neat idea. It's also something the series never returns to, and I feel like that was the right choice. So I guess if I haven't explained it properly, basically, as you're going through the game, sometimes you'll see a short cutscene that will then pause to let you make a decision about what's happening on screen. It's a little bit of an odd mechanic. Like I said, it's kind of cool for replays. It gives you like obvious points at which you can try something different to change your playthrough. But at the same time, it's also kind of weird and clunky, like pausing the action during pivotal moments to let you make a choice that pops up on screen as two gigantic dialogue options is just, I don't know, it's just clunky and it doesn't really feel like it fits the Resident Evil style. It feels like something more taken from an RPG or a visual novel. It just sits weird. I think that's the best way I can describe it. It doesn't really feel like something that belongs in a Resident Evil game. And once again, they never returned to this. It was just kind of a wacky little idea that they threw out there and never did again. Now, one big idea that would come back later in the series and that was kind of advertised as the game's hook at the time is that you will be chased by a giant monster named Nemesis. Um, the Nemesis thing, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> it's really similar to Mr. X in Resident Evil 2. I guess I just don't care that much about it. I never saw like the appeal of it. I do like how it's handled in this game. I mean, they're just short like story or cutscene segments. Once again, this is where a lot of those decision tree things are going to pop up. A lot of them relate to like escaping from Nemesis and not dying. He's also a character that you can't really fight for most of the game, but then eventually, yeah, you're going to have to fight him and kill him. I mean, it's fine. I do wish that it was a little bit more distinct from Mr. X from Resident Evil 2. I think it's just another thing that kind of made this game feel like it didn't entirely have its own identity and that it was kind of just playing with building blocks from the prior games in the series and especially just like riffing on Resident Evil 2. And I mean, that could have worked for the game if it had been more self-aware or had something deeper to it, but it doesn't really seem to. I mean, this is classic RE, like we're not really talking about depth or anything. I think when I think of like my favorite kind of weird oddball spin-off entries in my favorite series, like I was talking about earlier, a lot of them do have kind of a self-aware way of riffing on main entries in the series, and that's something that kind of elevates them. I mean, that's definitely the case with Link's Awakening and especially Dark Souls 2. And so once again, maybe that's something that could have elevated this game a little bit, but it's also just not something that really happens. I mean, Resident Evil 3 is really just a straight ahead action movie type of experience. I mean, even more so than Resident Evil 2, it really feels like you're watching like a classic late 80s, early 90s action movie, and then playing kind of survival horror video gameplay in between the bits that feel like a movie. So that's really the vibe here. It's not that deep. But this is an old school Resident Evil game. Fuck the story. Like literally, who gives a shit? Let's talk about the game. I also feel that the gameplay in Resident Evil 3 is a mixed bag. Like I said, 
on a mechanical nuts and bolts level. It might be the best and most sophisticated of the original run of Resident Evil games, but it's also paired up with a game that I just don't think is as good as the two that came before it. So Resident Evil 3 has a very, very different approach to game flow and level design than the prior two games. Resident Evil 1 and 2 both more or less did the same thing, which is put you in one very intricate environment, like a big mansion with a bunch of interlocking pieces. You were then left to explore it, and as you explored it, you would unlock shortcuts, unlock secrets, find new things. Eventually, all the different parts of the mansion would start to click together, not just in the game, but also in your mind as you got to know the layout better and became more familiar with it. That feeling of the environment going from super foreign to feeling like second nature to you is one of my favorite things about those old school Resident Evil games. Resident Evil 3 takes an entirely different approach. Here, the emphasis is on showing you a greater number of environments, and so the complexity is sacrificed. There is like a large and kind of sprawling hub to at least the early part of the game, which is the exterior of Raccoon City. And this was a really cool thing to see, especially at the time. Like, we had seen pieces of this environment, but we hadn't actually seen the city itself, except for in little tiny snapshots, like the intro of Resident Evil 2. Here, you get to see the city, you get to explore a lot of it, you get to spend a lot of time running around in the street. Now, I will say this, I respect the hell out of this decision, and I think it's super impressive that they even kind of attempted to do this when they did. This game does kind of have a slightly open world-esque feel to it. There is not a lot of hand-holding. You can run around and get lost and kind of do your own thing for quite a long time in this game. And it's super interesting to see them kind of try to do that open world or open-ended design thing like a full 20 years before the series would ever attempt it again. Like. I'm kind of thinking of Resident Evil 2 Remake as the first time that the Resident Evil series really tried to do like that sort of open-ended level design style, but like Resident Evil 3 actually kind of did it first. So that's really fucking cool. But did they nail it? I would say no. I think the issue here is pacing. Like. Resident Evil 3 gives you all this real estate to explore. It's really, really cool, but it's also very easy to get lost. The fixed camera angles make the exploration kind of a slog, and there just isn't that much to do or see in the city. Like, mostly you're running around lost or backtracking to solve puzzles. Yes, there are zombies around, but you're probably going to do what you do in every Resident Evil game and just clear out exactly as many as you need to to like move freely throughout the area and just ignore the rest of them. I think that Resident Evil 3 is kind of trying to be more of a pulse pounding action game. It's trying to have this kind of big open world-esque feel to it, but the game's mechanics just don't support it. I think that if you look at the classic survival horror game mechanics, like the tank controls, the combat style, the inventory management, etc., 
they really do work best in a smaller, more confined environment that has all those cool and fun interlocking parts. When put into a larger environment that doesn't have as much of that attention to detail, it just kind of feels flat. Like, I can imagine a version of this game where this is a lot more exciting because the game has better mechanics. Like, it doesn't have fixed camera angles and the combat is more fun and viscerally satisfying. But like, Resident Evil 3 isn't that game. I also feel like the amount of time you spend running around these larger environments, like the city streets and stuff, kind of makes the game end up feeling a bit boring and empty. Like they needed to give you more to do in order to make the game more satisfying. A lot of times when I was running around the streets in the earlier part of the game, I kind of found myself getting like frustrated when I'd find a new puzzle because in my head I could do the math on just like how far I would have to run back and like all the backtracking I would need to do in order to solve this puzzle. And I just immediately felt like disheartened. Like I was like, oh shit, I don't actually want to do that. Despite being a significantly longer game, this was never a feeling I got while playing Resident Evil 2, for example. Like Resident Evil 2 is really tight and really well-defined. I never felt like, oh, I don't want to run back to that other area, or oh, I don't want to do this to solve that puzzle. Like, it was just like, okay, let's fucking do it. And it's funny because like, there's a moment that highlights this problem in Resident Evil 3, which is where you actually return to the police station from Resident Evil 2. In this version of it, you only get to see a tiny, tiny slice of the police station because a bunch of doors have been strategically boarded up in order to accommodate that. And it's funny because like returning to the police station is kind of a fun Easter egg. It's a nice callback, but at the same time, it makes you realize that like the level design in Resident Evil 3 really, really sacrificed a lot of the great detail of Resident Evil 2 in order to just give you a bigger, more sprawling game to traverse. That's a cool idea, however, I just didn't actually enjoy traversing that larger environment. Resident Evil 3 ends up feeling kind of drab and empty. Now, there is something kind of cool and vibey about that. I mean, running around the destroyed and shitty streets of Raccoon City and seeing all the fun signs, like the one for Burger Kong, I mean, I love that, is cool. And the game definitely has a vibe and aesthetic, but I also just feel like there isn't really enough to do in these larger environments. And when you do find something to do, like a puzzle to solve or an item to collect, it kind of just came off as like annoying more than exciting. Like in the previous entries, when you find a new item, you're like excited to figure out where it goes or what you need to do with it. But in this game, it was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna have to run all the way back there. I'm gonna have to sit through all those door transitions, et cetera, et cetera. You get what I'm saying. I feel like it's a problem that I feel bad for harping on because in a lot of ways, Resident Evil 3 was just ahead of its time. Like it just came out a few years too early. Like, even if this had been like a mid-period Dreamcast or GameCube game, I think they would have been able to actually convincingly do this kind of game with that kind of hardware. Like, 
if the pace had been picked up, if you didn't have to sit through all those door animations, if you didn't have to like deal with trying to navigate with all the fixed camera angles, if the combat had just been like a little bit more fun and snappy, then you would have a game that is like really, really incredible. Like this really cool open world-ish Resident Evil game set in this kind of destroyed, shitty 90s metropolis. Like that's a really cool idea. That's also not what Resident Evil 3 is. Now, sorry, I mean, we're just on the hot take train. I really want to be more positive and less critical, but it's the trains are rolling. Fucking choo-choo, get the fuck on board. I always viewed Resident Evil 3 and Code Veronica as a little kind of mini doldrums for the Resident Evil series. And it's not because these games are bad, especially not Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. This is not a bad game. It's actually a really good game. But I feel like these games don't achieve their goals. Like, I think it's pretty easy to see what both of these games were going for, which is a more action-packed, more visceral, more exciting, more action movie-inspired take on that classic Resident Evil formula. So we're keeping almost all the classic survival horror stuff, but we're amping up the action. We're amping up the pace. We are definitely amping up the story and presentation. And you're supposed to end up with something that is more exciting and feels more like an action movie. And the thing is, I don't feel like these games feel that way. Because at the end of the day, the mechanics just don't support that kind of thing. The mechanics gesture towards something that is slower moving, more cerebral, and more atmospheric. This kind of gets at a big contradiction in the Resident Evil series, and I think it's something that people don't really talk about, and I wish they would, which is that the Resident Evil games are this really, really fascinating combination of like very, very smart and incredibly, incredibly stupid. Like when we talk about old school Resident Evil games, we are talking about games whose stories, especially as they are written on the page, are like the dumbest ass shit you have ever experienced in your life. We are talking about bad dialogue, bad characters, flat, wooden writing. We are talking about huge, massive plot holes. We are talking about entire scenarios that just hinge on the player going, okay. Like, how did any of this shit happen? Why did any of this shit happen? What is like the purpose of all of these viruses and variants and mutants? And like, you just can't think about it. It's too fucking stupid. You just have to take the game's word for it. And like, that's Resident Evil, baby. But that's one layer. The other layer is like the actual act of playing the game, which is in the first couple entries in the game, very, very atmospheric. It's surprisingly deliberate and slow paced. It includes a lot of very, very clever puzzles and truly genius level game design. Like the way that the game guides you through its world, the way it makes you learn the layout of the map and interact with it. It's so cool and it's so unique. And it really creates these two layers of the game, right? Like there is the emergent storytelling and experience that you get when you just play the game. And then there's like the story on the page, which is what you see in cutscenes and, you know, sometimes other supplemental materials. 
You really have to separate those things into two in order to actually understand why people like me are so obsessed with these games and think that they're so like genius level in terms of like game design and even occasionally that kind of like in-game atmospheric storytelling. Even sometimes like some of the notes are really cool and memorable and well-written, even if like none of the dialogue is. Now I say all this to say, this is the brilliance of the first two Resident Evil games. They are these slow moving atmospheric, really immersive experiences that are also married to some of like the dumbest bullshit cutscenes and story sequences that you'll ever see in a video game. That's why a lot of us like these games. <laughs> or if we like the games, we like them in spite of those story moments. Personally, I love the contrast. It's like sweet and salty or, you know, salt and vinegar or something like that, you know? The problem, in my opinion, with RE3 and Code Veronica is that the balance kind of gets upset. It feels like the gameplay sequences are not, you know, atmospheric or engaging enough. Like I said, I feel like they sacrifice a lot of the detail in order to just show you more, more, more. And on the flip side, you've also got even more of an emphasis on the story moments and cutscenes, which are still just absolutely dumb as fuck. I mean, sometimes in a funny way, but other times it just feels like in a time wastery kind of way. This is way more a problem with Code Veronica. It's a big reason why I haven't actually done an episode on Code Veronica, because it's like not a game that I have a lot of fondness for, and it's always hard for me to like get back into it because of this exact issue I'm describing. But like, it's also an issue in Resident Evil 3. Now, once again, Resident Evil 3 is a good game. Resident Evil 3 is a much better game than Code Veronica. Don't get it twisted at all on that count. But it still has this same basic problem. The game just ultimately feels kind of disjointed. And I feel like that is an issue that's largely down to that new game flow and new level design style. They're trying to show you so many different environments. They're trying to move you through this big city from place to place. And they kind of don't get the chance to actually imbue all of those individual places and areas with the level of detail and the amount of character and atmosphere that we've become accustomed to from the first two games in the series. I always felt like Resident Evil 3 would have worked much better as a pure action game because of the way it's set up and because of the way its level design is. The fact that it still has all that survival horror stuff like the controls, inventory management, item puzzles, etc, etc, just bogs the game down and makes it feel kind of clunky. So at the end of the day, yeah, I like Resident Evil 3. It is a good game. And on a mechanical level, it's an incredibly well-designed survival horror game, but I just don't think it hits the heights of the prior two games. And I feel like there's enough flaws that make it the one that I'm least likely to replay. I mean, I feel like I've replayed Resident Evil 2 like 20 fucking times, and I've probably replayed Resident Evil 3 four times, including the playthrough I did for this show. It was nice to replay it this time, not only because I think it is overall a fun game, despite some of the parts I think are a little bit bogged down, but it was also because it kind of let me wrap my head around why I don't like this game more and why I was so annoyed when so many people were like talking about how amazing it is. Because yeah, I think it's got serious problems. I think it's got issues that keep it from ascending to the heights of something like Resident Evil 2.
Now, once again, I know that's a hot take. I know that's probably a pretty fucking unpopular opinion. And I think that probably gives some context as to why my opinion on the remake is also really unpopular. See, my opinion on the Resident Evil 3 remake is that it is fucking incredible. It's maybe like the best of these remakes or like it was until Resident Evil 4 came out and kind of just blew everything out of the water, but whatever. The Resident Evil 3 remake to me is brilliant because I think it reimagines Resident Evil 3 the way that it was supposed to be. And I'm not saying supposed to be based on my own opinion. I'm saying supposed to be based on like what they actually did with this game. To me, as someone who has like studied the series and followed its progression and etc, 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 it's pretty clear to me that Resident Evil 3 and Code Veronica were both supposed to be more like action games, or at least they were supposed to be more action packed. It feels like the way that they came out was sort of a weird compromise between what the series had done at that time and where it was going to go later. So to me, the idea of taking Resident Evil 3, reimagining it as like a pure action game and kind of like condensing it so that it moves at a quicker pace, it's faster and more exciting. I mean, that sounds like a genius idea. And it sounds like a great way to do a remake of this game that is like respectful of the source material while doing its own thing. Now, I think that's exactly what Capcom did with the Resident Evil 3 remake. So, okay, once again, the broad strokes are the same as the Resident Evil 2 remake, right? It is a remake vaguely in the style of Resident Evil 4 type action game that uses the setting, story, etc, etc of Resident Evil 3 as a jumping off point. Now, with Resident Evil 2, they kept it pretty faithful. I mean, the level design was remixed, but generally you kind of saw where everything was and how everything worked. The whole Mr. X mechanic was once again a massive twist or a remix on the original idea, but it stayed pretty close to the central idea. With Resident Evil 3, the changes are quite a bit more drastic, at least in terms of the setting, game flow, and level design. The reasons here should be pretty obvious though, like the level design in Resident Evil 3 is just not as iconic as the level design in Resident Evil 2. A lot of it just kind of feels a little bit more anonymous, it's like these free-flowing city streets or like smaller, less detailed environments, like, and especially the fact that it's so tied to those fixed camera angles means that they were going to always have to like quite seriously redesign the layout and levels of Resident Evil 3 in order to do a remake. So that's what they've done. And that is really like the biggest, most controversial sticking point for fans of the original with this remake. But we'll get to that in a minute. What I want to talk about first is like the gameplay, because I think the gameplay here is super, super impressive. So yes, as a base point, it is like the Resident Evil 2 remake, which in and of itself was a lot like Resident Evil 4, but there are actually a lot of changes here to give this game its own unique style and feel. And now that the Resident Evil 4 remake has come out, I want to comment and say that like, I love how they've done that with each of the remakes. 
The controls are slightly different. The feel of the character is different in each remake. And it feels like with each one, they've tried to make it feel like the original game, or at least have a lot of similarities to the original game so that each one feels unique and different. Resident Evil 3 is no exception, and I really love what they've done here. Resident Evil 3 Remake has more enemies on screen than the previous game, and it puts more of an emphasis on those defensive maneuvers that were introduced in the original game. So yeah, Jill has a dodge, she has that kind of push. The controls feel like they're a little faster. Jill's more agile, she's a little more slippery. The emphasis here is put on getting away from enemies rather than like dealing heavy damage or anything like that. The characters in Resident Evil 2 had a slower, heavier, more deliberate feel. Jill does not, and I think that is a great, great nod to the original game. The other best mechanic from the original game, which is the ammo system, was already in like Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 2 Remake, so seeing it appear here is not a surprise, but it's just nice to see it anyway. Another cool thing they've done here is basically borrow the original game's approach to Nemesis. Now, in the Resident Evil 2 remake, like I mentioned, they really made Mr. X a pivotal part of the game and they completely changed how he works, so that he was now this like unpredictable, um, you know, procedurally generated kind of obstacle that you would encounter in the game. Going into the Resident Evil 3 remake, a lot of people were curious if they would do the same thing with Nemesis, and I'm personally happy to report that they did not. Instead, they made him more of a thing that appears at certain story beats. He's a very cinematic element of the game, and he's also just something that you spend most of your time escaping from whenever he shows up. There is like one, maybe one and a half small sequences where you are in a slightly more open environment and he chases you and you need to kind of complete your objectives while escaping from him. But for the most part, it's just a very simple cinematic storytelling device, very similar to how it was done in the original game. I think this is another cool choice because not only is it something borrowed from the original, but it also highlights how Resident Evil 3 was a more linear, fast-paced action thing as compared to Resident Evil 2's more open-ended, slower-paced survival horror thing. In my opinion, that was a really great choice. Now, onto the very controversial stuff, which is basically the game flow and level design. What they've done here with this remake is greatly condense a lot of the levels and areas in the game, made everything more linear and more fast paced. Now, I've just spent like 40 minutes telling you why I think that's a fucking great idea. But let me say this. I get where fans are coming from when they were pissed about it, because a lot of stuff has been cut from this game. There's one very iconic area, the clock tower, that's been cut completely. And there's also just lots of smaller areas and side quests and little trips that you make in the original game that are gone completely from this game. I understand that if Resident Evil 3 really is your favorite, and if you were really looking forward to seeing some of those things in the game, the way that you saw just about everything from Resident Evil 2 in that remake, that would be a little disappointing to see all those things cut out in this game. However, personally, 
I'm still going to argue for it for a couple of reasons. Number one, all of the stuff they've cut makes the game feel much faster paced and more exciting to play. I mean, going back to the original after having played the remake quite a few times, it's kind of shocking to see how much dead space, and dead air, and dead weight there is in the original game. Now, usually this is not the kind of thing that I would say about an old survival horror game because I love all that dead space, I love all that atmosphere, but like I said, in Resident Evil 3, it just doesn't entirely work for me. I think that the game sometimes feels like it's missing stuff for the player to do, and instead it just sends you on a lot of roundabout backtracking, a lot of just wandering around like kind of generic corridors, feeling lost. To me, cutting all that stuff is actually really brilliant. And it also contributes to the game being just much more of a pure, fast-paced action game. Now that, to me, is the really big, smart, change that they've made in this game. And it is a big swing, but in my opinion, it just works. Like I said, I feel like Resident Evil 3 and Code Veronica as well were always meant to be action games. They weren't really meant to be slow-paced survival horror experiences. So playing the remake felt like that externalized and finally realized after all of these years. Like, in my opinion, this is what Resident Evil 3 was always supposed to be, which is just like a really fast-paced action game. It's also supposed to be an escape story, like Jill's trying to escape from the city. And so having her go through this like really bracing linear journey that's like full of action, it's like super exciting, super pulse pounding, I mean, that's awesome. That to me was like the tone of the original game, but that just wasn't really realized by the game itself. The remake, however, does realize this and it does it in quite a brilliant fashion. To me, that was just super satisfying and it also just really made sense even in context of the original game. Now, there are some other changes that were controversial because people couldn't really see why these changes were made. Once again, you've got some major areas cut out, but you've also got other things added in. There's like a sewer level that was added in that people were mad about because they were like, you cut the clock tower, but you added the sewer. And there's also a section where you play through an area as Carlos. Now, personally, I'm okay with these changes for one simple reason. They're fucking fun. Like, <laughs> this game is really, really fun, and it's really fun to play and replay. I feel like all of these things feel like refinements to the original game. The game has been condensed and sharpened and like honed into a very, very efficient machine. All the stuff that they took out and all the stuff they added just adds to that fast paced, high tension that once again, the original game was going for and didn't really realize. The remake, however, fully realizes that style and that vibe. And I think it's really, really good. Another thing that has to be brought up are the changes to the storytelling. You know, the writing, the characterization, the cutscenes, all of these things are vastly improved. This is something we've harped on in just about every episode about these remakes, but it's especially apparent in Resident Evil 3. I mean, Resident Evil 4 pulls the same trick as well and does it even better, but in Resident Evil 3, it was so cool to see Carlos go from like 
a fucking weird plasticine ghoul to like a character who's actually like cool and charming. Like that was just so awesome to see. And then once again, it made that segment they added where you play as him just feel even more satisfying because like instead of him just being this like creepy, awful man, he was like a cool character who you like wanted to play as and wanted to see things from his perspective. I mean, once again, look at what they had to work with and look at what they made. You can see all of these things on one level are improvements, but on another level, there are also massive changes to an original game that plenty of people will view as like a holy text that shouldn't be changed. I think this also kind of gets into your outlook on remakes. Now, I believe I've articulated this before, but I'll give the cliff notes again. My personal view on remakes is that they never replace the original and they should never even strive to replace the original. The point of a remake in my mind is to give players a new experience. Now, whether that's new players who aren't familiar with the original or, you know, vets who are overly familiar with the original, everyone should be able to come into a remake and get a new experience. So to me, the gold standard for a remake is a game that looks at the original and says, hmm, I think I can do something with that. That's exactly the kind of game that the Resident Evil 3 remake is. It's not interested in regurgitating the same things you've already seen. It's not interested in giving you the exact same experience that the original game gave you. It's there to give you a brand new experience that uses the original as like a guidepost and a starting point. The funny thing is you could say that's exactly the same type of game that Resident Evil 2 is as well, and you'd be right. But Resident Evil 2 escaped a lot of the criticism that Resident Evil 3 got, despite once again doing all the same things, including cutting stuff from the original game. But the way that it escaped it was by just including a lot more fan service and references to the original. The Resident Evil 2 remake overall is just a much more reverent game, and Resident Evil 3 is a much more irreverent game. Now, personally, I think that's really cool. Even if you set aside the fact that I like the original Resident Evil 2 a lot more than the original Resident Evil 3, I'm just like here for irreverent games. I'm here for things like this that look at the original as something that could be improved upon, or at least something that could be done in a much different way. Like, that's how we get some of the most fascinating games in this style. Like, to me, a great remake is a riff on the original game. It gives you something new. Now, maybe it's not just like blatantly an improvement or obviously you know, a refinement of the original game, but at the end of the day, it should be something new. I love the Resident Evil 3 remake because it is such a new and fresh experience in the style of the original game. Now, obviously, I'm more predisposed to love it because I don't really love the original game. I think that it has a lot of issues, as I've outlined very clearly in this episode. But I think even if you are a massive fan of the original, like you should be able to appreciate what the remake is doing and how they actually approached making a game in this style. I would say it's kind of analogous to like the Suspiria remake, right? Which is like a really, really different take on the original movie. To me, it actually does feel like an improvement. It's just a very beautiful, 
artfully made movie. It has so much vibe, but also has a much stronger story and better acting. But at the same time, even if you don't agree with that, and I know that's a massive hot take for like Argento fans, even if you don't agree with that, you can still appreciate the new version as something different and something that gave you a new experience with a similar storyline and setting. To me, that is what makes a great remake. And yeah, based on that, Resident Evil 3 is a great remake. It's also just such a fun game, especially to play and replay. The original Resident Evil 3 was maybe the most replayable game from the original run, simply because they gave you so many fun tools and mechanics in order to replay the game. And the remake is also probably the most replayable of the newer games. It's shorter, it's snappier, it has a lot of like fun mechanics for you to play with. I mean, I felt like it completely echoed the original game in that sense. So yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, a lot of people hate this game. A lot of people think it sucks. I don't know what to tell people who hate it, but I will say that if you were ever on the fence or you haven't tried it because you've heard bad things, I would really, really urge you to try the Resident Evil 3 remake. It's been out for long enough now that it's really cheap. I actually just bought a second copy on my PS5 for like nothing, basically. I think it was like $7 or something. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic game. I think it's a masterclass in adapting an older work for newer tech, newer hardware, newer generations of players, etc., etc., etc. And I would really urge you to play it. It might be my favorite of the newer remakes simply because it's the boldest, it's the most different, it's the most daring. And I really, really appreciate what they were trying to do with this game and what they ended up doing, especially when you put it in context. Like I said, I feel like the original Resident Evil 3 was trying to be this big, exciting action movie experience. And although it falls short of that, the remake actually does deliver on that in a way that's just super fucking fun. So yeah, basically I replayed the original Resident Evil 3 and replayed the remake only to come to the exact same conclusions about both games that I had already drawn. So I don't know if I learned anything from this episode, but I hope you did. And yeah, if you're looking for something classic and fun and exciting to check out this Halloween, might I suggest the Resident Evil 3 remake? Oh, I might, because I just did. And that's it.